Uh, so, uh, Seth Rogen is, uh, not a believer in plot when he's writing, you know, movies. And I guess that explains why Super Bad was, well, Super Bad. Welcome to episode 134 of the Off and Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Clint Nelson. Don't forget to follow the pod on all apps. And most importantly, I can't believe I've forgotten the most important part of this whole podcast. And that's to remind you guys to suck some titties and ladies. Um, you know, and vice versa. You know, you know, when I say suck some titties, it's not just for the ladies, by the way. I'm just uh, throwing that out there. Because I'm a guy who uh, likes a little stick on the armpit. To different degrees. Okay, Clint. Um, I'm not anti-perspirant, but I am a perv. Okay. It is 6.03 a.m. Recording this on April 9th. And I just got paid. Uh, apparently, that is not an NSYNC original, by the way. That's from another artist that I forgot to actually see who it was, but you know, nothing like a group of white men, you know, making a song bigger. Woo! The Backstreet Boys are back again. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, recording this on a Friday. It's Friday, Friday, even though this episode will probably come out on a Sunday. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's been a hell of a time, you know. What a time to be alive. Fuck feature. Okay. Um, you know, th- there's a lot of stuff that's actually not happening in the world. Um, and by one of those things that's not happening is uh, Hunter Biden's laptop. And I'm not a political guy, but I was talking with a friend earlier about the severity of... Apparently, first of all, let's just... The thing that fascinates me the most about this guy is the fact that this guy took a laptop to a computer repair shop with all... Forget the fact that you are the son of the President of the United States. Forget the fact that you are a condemned crack addict. You know? Oh, everyone has their problems. Don't judge on their problems. It's like, you know what? When you got a lot of important shit on your laptop... I am going to judge you on your problems, all right? But, uh, Mr. Hunter, uh, he, he, uh, a lot of shit was on there. But this is an old story that's really kind of being renowned because I guess there's been more shit found. Nothing new. Did you know, by the way, and I'm saying this from when I was talking to a friend, apparently the Obamas do cocaine. Michelle, Barack, and the two daughters. And they have a credit card specifically for that. Yeah. I don't know if it's true, but that's what's alleged, right? Um, what's fascinating to me about this is the fact that this guy took a laptop to a computer repair shop and thought that they weren't going to do what computer repair shops do. And that's actually look into your computer. You know, if I had all that shit on my laptop and I needed the fix, 
you think this guy would have access? See, like, hey, CIA. Uh, my dad's kind of the president. I think he have a couple guys of intelligence that could probably fix my laptop. And this guy's like, you know what? Nah, let me go to computers first by an H&R block. You know, but it's not like I'm their biggest customer of all time or anything. This guy was like, what could go wrong? Well, uh, what they found out on this laptop is that there's a lot of laps with top going on. With underage ladies. Uh, we got a combination of child pornography. Uh, oh, Jesus, sorry, fuck the algorithm, but fuck it. And so did Hunter. Um, <laughs> not really a funny thing to laugh about. Right, Nicki Minaj's brother? Okay, and your husband? Okay. Uh, slightly different situations, but neither here nor there. But all we know is that she's seeing green. Okay, Clint. Uh, but yeah. Uh... I don't really know what much more to go into that because I think it's kind of self-explanatory. Crackheads shouldn't have laptops. Crackheads typically can't afford laptops. If And honestly, if we're going to be honest about nepotism, look, and I'm not someone, like, I understand certain people have advantages. I'm not one of these people like, you know what, someone's son should never get a job. Someone, it's like, you know what, the reality is you apply for a job. And if they know someone, a friend of a friend, that friend of a friend, more than likely, regardless of equal qualifications, or even if you have more, probably going to have the advantage. Welcome to life. It is what it is. All right. What are you going to do, Goku? Oh, nepotism, huh? It's like, you know what? It is what it is. Most high profile positions in a lot of times, the first crack at it is always going to be someone they know. All right. But if he, if his last name wasn't Biden, this guy would be like every other crack addict, smoking crack out of other people's cracks. Apparently there's videos out there of people legit crack addicts and a real like stimulation and they and people that have done it, they say the feeling is better than is the feeling of the best endorphin filled sex you will ever have. And all it is is smoking crack up people's asses. It's mostly a homeless thing. I did, you know. And the fascination is well, I don't know about fascination. Is that uh? I guess my fascination with a lot of this is without his last name, this dude would legitimately be in like a mental institute at all times or he'd be in a homeless shelter, realistically. Because he's not qualified for anything, like at all. He's been given a lot of cracks at positions. Okay, Nothing wrong with anal. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm okay with nepotism. I'm okay with, you know what? Certain people have advantages. Certain people know a guy who knows a guy who, you know, fucked a guy. Um, it is what it is. That's why I don't get all butthurt about, oh, this person fucked a person for a part in a movie. It's like, yeah. Even though I think a lot of that shit is overblown. No pun intended. Um... Like the Harvey Weinstein thing, 
is fascinating to me. Well, it's not really fascinating anymore. But, you know, the more and more you hear about a lot of these situations, you're like, you know, you still follow through and did the thing. And the rationale is like, well, I wouldn't have had a career. I wouldn't have had this. It's like, well, what matters to you more? Doing whatever you got to do to get that career, if you're that driven, or holding on to your morals and hoping that it doesn't affect your career. And my thing is, you know, my thing about a lot of this shit, if you're not willing, if you're a grown adult in a situation, like, I'm not talking about Bill Cosby's situation where you're being drugged, but situations like Harvey and shit, where it's like, if you do this, if you don't do this, you won't get the part, and you're on your way out. You may be blackballed and shit, but you know what you could do? Report it. You could actually, in the moment, in real time, say, hey, yesterday when I went for this, there was a, uh, I was forced to, I was asked to force to do sexual advances if I wanted something. There's literally term, it's called solicitation. What is that like solicitation, extortion, black, prostitute? It's like a form of trying to have someone be a prostitute for a service, for money, or for a part, right? It's this thing we just kind of accept in society, and I'm not against it, to be honest, in the sense of, I'm not against it. If someone wants to do it to get something, hey, do what you got to do, I guess. My thing is, if you don't want to do it, all the power to you. But actually, go public and say some shit about it. The thing about when it comes to these claims and shit, when you wait years and years, I understand that you're afraid of this, afraid of that, but at the same time, you still took advantage of the opportunity that you didn't find comfortable, and you still did it. I'm not trying to shame people. What I am saying is, be accountable for the fact that you did actually fucking do it. Alright? I don't know. You know what? Enough of, you know, misogyny. Um, uh, I don't think I'm a misogynist, dude. I actually think I've, I've, I've become more mature. I've become more well-rounded in a lot of ways. But at the same time, I got flaws, you know? I acknowledge, I acknowledge my ignorance. I acknowledge my white misogynist incoherent privilege, I guess is the correct term. I just realized I look like Fat Albert's, you know, white step nephew, if that was such a thing. Uh, don't drug me, Bill. Um, talk about the Bill of Wrongs. <laughs> See what I almost did there? Uh, just the shaft. Um, the whole baby. Oh, baby. And that's why she's having mine. Um, but yeah, I, I, th- I really feel that by default, you will grow as a person, whether you want to or not. I think it's not just situations. It's not just maturity. I just think you live long enough. And I think it's honestly more, you don't even have to be a very social person and you can grow. Like people say it's important to be social because it helps you grow faster. It's important to do this and this. You need to live life and experiment. It's like, eh, okay. You know what? I, I'll just actually watch all y'all experiment. 
and watch what not to do. You know, sometimes, you know how they say seeing is believing, right, Polar Express? It was like, no, seeing is believing. As they're riding on a fucking train going 300 miles per hour in a wild, wild west, but in the fucking snow on Christmas Eve. And they come back home five hours fucking later. But it's cool. Seeing is believing. And that's why, and, you know, I don't understand. Yeah, that's why I tell her, she's like, why can't you just trust me that my body looks great? I'm like, because seeing is believing, baby. Um, <laughs> uh, Gotta love them t-shirts. Gotta love the Rugrats. Okay. Why is it called the Rugrats? It's literally like rug and rats. Like the little rats, but they walk on rugs. Or is it because they kind of like, honestly, like chest, is it Chucky? Yeah, Chucky, the orange head little fuck. He literally looks like a rug. And why did they make Charles... Is it Charles or Charlie, the main guy, the main ugly ass baby with the little squigs, who actually is the only one that actually looks like a fucking baby? Like, he's the only one that still wears a freaking diaper, while Chucky is out here wearing his skate shorts and all that. At least it seems like it. I think I'm actually thinking of a different show. No, I am thinking of the right show. Yeah. Fuck Charles. He He literally looks like Professor Xavier. But, like, in a baby version with less intelligence. And I don't expect a baby to be intelligent. But Midnight Dumpster Baby seems to have a few more IQ points in this pacifier-looking baby. Alright? Just throwing that out there. But, I am not a believer that you have to be the most social. You don't have to be the Rugrats and all be a big old happy everyone come over for family. Which I will say... They were ahead of the diversity train. Go look at the cast. Well, you know, on the screen. I don't know who actually did the voices. It probably wasn't diverse. But hey, all that matters is what's displayed. Right, Simpsons? Um, uh, and that is kind of weird. What is diversity when it comes to, like, animated shows? Is it just... Does it matter if the whole cast that you see on display in the animation is all one color? But then they have, like multiple people of different races doing the voices variously vicariously or is it more important to actually show the display of diversity but behind the scenes it's just you know let's just say all white people doing the voices i don't know just just a thought and i'm just a thought in your dms um (laughs) uh, it's like 2a 2b option four these other three decide to be like, hey, you're not that gal. Uh, I guess I'll galvanize your interest. Okay. Um, but yeah. You know, honestly, being social is, it's a cool thing. I, I, recommend, I recommend it. I recommend that you have social skills. It'll make life easier. Make more life interesting. Because really, at the end of the day, Think about when you're the most happiest. An in-person, by the way, an in-person conversation will sit with me and make me feel, I don't want to use the word high because that's a little overbearing, but it will sit with me and I could not conversate with someone for the next four days, five days and be honestly just as fulfilled than texting people all throughout the day and the week. 
and I get literally no real decent feeling out of it. Like a two-hour sit-down with someone that you enjoy talking to will sit with you. It will sit with you. It will make you a little bit more alive than texting someone or being on the phone with someone for two or three hours. Like it's a different feeling. So in that way, one, fuck texting. I fucking hate it. I hate the basicness of just keeping up with the Joneses, but really just keeping up with the hey, WIDs these days. And that's not really shot towards anyone, to be honest, to anyone that may text me and send me that shit. It is just kind of like, it just seems like an old, it just seems like there's a consensus that everyone texts the same way because it feels like texting is really just a structured predictability. There's too much time in between where if I basically have time to predict what you're going to say or do or think of next, and when you give someone time to predict shit, and it's not really an engaging situation, and it's more just like, hey, I'm bored, I want to talk to you, I want to talk to someone about someone, so I'm going to ask you generic questions that are not specific to you. I'm not going to ask you a specific question that I want you thought on or curiosity type of questions. I'm just going to ask direct, hey, what movie you watching? Oh, I'm watching this. Oh, is it on Hulu? It's like, who gives a fuck? But... An in-person conversation, you could get a lot. I think also because in-person, it's flowing back and forth. It could lead to something. There's chance. If you ever listen to any type of podcast, you can kind of see like it starts as something. All you have to do is have something to start with and the conversation will take over itself. As long as you got two people that actually want something to happen. Because you could say one thing in a three-minute rant about something and be like, oh, yeah, by the way. These, uh, these, uh, the big Lebowski. It's like, oh, Forrest Gump. Did you know the guy who on Forrest Gump, do you know the guy Forrest Gump is based on is actually a former, like, a KKK member in a sense? Like, it's kind of a weird story. But yeah. Um, it's a, I, I guess my thing is with in-person conversations, I think it goes without saying, it leaves more of a mark on you. Like, it sits with you more. Whether someone's happy, whether you are laughing with someone in person, or you have a really intense sexting. Even intense sexting does absolutely nothing. Haven't had, haven't done nothing like that, ever, because I'm a child of God. But I would only assume... It's not really it. Like, oh yeah, I'll put my boner inside of your pea lips. How do you like them apples? Ooh, mmm. I love the coconut butter down here, baby. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? It's like, I don't know the sex, but I will sex you up. Um, <laughs> it's a. It's this weird thing that you could text someone for nine hours straight in a day and literally talk about something 
and literally the equivalent of all the shit you talked about in a nine-hour texting spree. You could have met in person and probably talked all that shit in an hour, an hour and a half. If even that, to be honest. Because when you think of how slow people text, the in-between, the overthinking, the spontaneity it takes out of it, the lack of eye contact, the lack of understanding facial expressions, the lack of really just engaging. And this is part of the reason why I only I text in small doses. But if anyone, but anyone I ever want a real, I don't even want to say like discussion, but if I just want to sit down and talk with someone like a podcast or just in general meet up with someone, I was like, we can hang out. I'd rather be with someone. I'd rather talk with someone in person, be around someone twice a month, for example, than talk with someone almost every day about almost literally nothing. Because if we're going to be honest, like, texting and over-the-phone shit, it it always has been, really. But even for the most part, it is typically just filling the time up the stuff you talk about the past the day. In person, I feel like it could start out as something lighthearted and then somehow it turns into something intense. For example, um, maybe not even intense, but at least something where it has, like, whoa... This got serious. I'm not going to say who it is. I'm not going to say the situation because I'll say it. I'll just say from a general standpoint, I think this is more of any dudes that listen to this, which I know it's a fair amount because I'm a, I'm a fair guy. Um, any dude that has another dude friend, let's be honest, a majority of shit we talk about has kind of to do with girls, right? I have a friend. We talk about everything, essentially. We meet up once or twice a week. I sit down maybe an hour or two every time we... And that's what I'm talking Like, when I talk with this person, my rest of my day, I feel like more at ease. I feel like I got shit off my chest. And it's not even a therapy. It just feels like I got stuff, to, I got stuff relieved off my mind. It feels like... I I did something that feels beneficial. And, you know, oh, gee, it's starting to sound like a bitch right now. You know, it felt great to really tell someone what I really feel. You know, you're the first one that can only be myself around. It's like, oh, I don't like the sound of that. <laughs> Isn't it kind of weird when someone tells you, you know, you're the first person I felt I could be myself around? You would think that's like, wow. I really make this person comfortable. But really, what you're thinking is like, wow. This person is a little too comfortable. You know, I don't want my girl to just start farting five times at dinner with me. I don't. You know what? Like, I don't even want to. I don't even want to sense your queef coming. I don't even want to. I, I like, no. You know what? Keep Keep the appearance. You know what? Be a lady. You know, put the napkin on your lap at Cheesecake Factory. Like, you know, still be a lovely lady, all right? Um, but yeah, it's kind of funny how, oh, I'm so comfortable. And for some reason, you're like, mm, let's not get too comfortable. Um, um, but yeah, no, but with the relief, the, the feeling of 
just talking to someone about something and them bringing up something, you bring up something, right? There's, there's an art to it. And there's a relatability that I think a guy and a guy and a girl and a girl, I think there is something about, we are always more comfortable talking about what we're really thinking and saying to our own sex. I really think guys are more comfortable And get more real about shit with guys. And girls are the same with other girls. Then when we combine. We have a fill out process. And we may go here here. But we're not going to go here here. Right. I think that's kind of just common sense. I'm not reinventing the wheel. But I guess I'm kind of just setting the shit up. In the sense that. When I have this sit down once or twice a week with this person. That day, the rest of my day, I just feel different. I do. I just feel different than on days I don't. But even the days after, like that conversation sits with me. At random times, like I'll think about this and it'll make me think about something we talked about. and make me actually really uh, revise and really make me think more about the topic we talked about. Make me think more about being introspective about certain things. And it's not about adopting someone's point of view. It's not even about understanding, but it just makes you think about, wow. Like, every time we have an opinion, we read some, we have our initial opinion. And then we try to think, well, let me think more about this. And then we may find a video in this and that to kind of confirm or not confirm or at least to kind of bring levity. But when you actually talk with another human being that's not presenting the information but given their opinion on the same situation that you gave an opinion and understanding a POV, and you're like, huh. It's not about changing the way you think, but it is about being engaged and being alive. And I really, and I'm not trying to be the old man here, but, you know, part of someone who has really backed off social media in general, even though I put out a Multiple podcasts a week, I guess this considers social media. YouTube is kind of social media, but I think it's not really still. I know, justifying my way of thinking, that's what we do here. Um, I do believe just like, ever since I've disconnected and done less and less of the social media and texting to various degrees and extremes. Not saying I never do, but it's certainly not more than just a when I'm free. Like if I'm doing something, I'm not gonna text more times or not. Like and I'm okay with that. And I'll live with whatever comes with that. But I you just notice how different you op it's not even like your life is different. It really is like how you think about things. How you are not so distracted. How you are not so into a world that you realize when you are like, when you are disconnected from it, you're aware of it, but you're not really like attached to it where you're not emotional about a whole bunch of shit that you really don't need to be emotional. You don't get caught up in a lot. I shouldn't say no nonsense because I look, I look up nonsense when I want to see it. But you don't you don't get caught up in what a bunch of people think. And I know that sounds weird because it sounds like you're just trying to confirm 
a very specific type of idea. Because if you only listen to your friends' ideas and your ideas, it's not really expanding the way you think, right? But also think you got to be more careful of the avenue where you seek information of anything or seek advice or seek ideology or anything. And if you go to certain places, you're going to get exactly what you deserve to get. And I guess I'm just, uh, from my experience, being disconnected from the Instagram. Uh, I really sound like I'm being disconnected from that Instagram for a long time now. Facebook for fucking, Jesus, it's been years since that. Um... And when you're not on that stuff, life is really just fucking better. It, 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 you don't get caught up in the political nonsense. You don't get caught up in people just in their own world about things, but they're trying to convert people to their own world. And it's a lot of quotes, it's a lot of this, it's a lot of that. And sometimes you're just like, you know what? Being on this shit for hours a day, and it, and I don't take anything away from it. But when I just think to myself, and be by myself over and over time, I actually become more developed. And that's the ironic part of social media is that it actually makes you very, very less social. I'm not trying to be Mr. General guy here. Oh, everything social media is actually not good. I don't think social media is actually that terrible for you. You should just, it's not for those who could be easily swayed. It's not for those who can be, who lack self-discipline when to get off of it. It's not for those who actually don't know how to think for themselves at the corest of levels. Um, And if you want to see shit to get mad about and you see behaviors and it encourages a lot of outlandish, it encourages this weird thing. The the weirdest thing I've always found interesting is the fact that the stuff that gets clicks on a lot of this shit has to do with making fun of cheating in relationships, like, there's a very heavy, uh, there's a lot of pages for bragging about and making fun of someone that's on a receiving end of a lot of hurt more times than not. I've always found that stuff interesting. Um, but at the course of levels, I'm really the belief that... I'm really coming around that less is more in the simplest of ways in that I really believe being around someone twice a month is a lot more beneficial than texting someone five, six days a week about virtually just daily checklist type of texting. And the weird thing is when I look back at my old texting habits and shit of years back, and I think most people relate to this, is that you you feel like you always got to like feel, you always got to fill the text threads with people. Like you always feel like you got to 
constantly boom boom like make sure you know what's going on they make sure you know what's going on you're always asking oh you just you're just saying stuff to fill in time because you're afraid of like what if like oh if we don't talk for 14 hours we must be distancing in reality it's just like you know you just didn't talk for 14 hours you slept for seven and a half of them you went to work for the other seven and for 30 minutes, you're just like, you know what? I just want to listen to the fray. This is how I save a life, including my own sanity. Um, that's why I'm over my head. Okay, Clint. Uh, he's look like he struggled from alopecia, which is funny. And someone pointed this out. And I even thought about this in the moment. But I was like, you know, I don't know a whole lot of alopecia. But I've actually done a little bit of the search on it. Um, it's really just pattern baldness and I understand immune system and shit, but you know, really as a man, if you have baldness, you're probably, you probably typically have lower testosterone. Uh, you typically have lower levels of different things. So you know what? Your immune system is already actually weakening. So really, I don't want to hear no male bald jokes no more. I don't want to hear nothing about... Dudes with, you know, the fucking Toy Story, Hank at the Toy Store, fucking hair, you know, pat shit. Like, you know what? No, don't bring it to us. You know what? Let men be bald in peace. And if you shame the hair, you deserve to get slapped in the face. Yeah, how you like it now? One's gonna hurt a little bit more than the other. Except a woman's hair. She didn't, she should have went up and slapped him. But, alright, I'm not going to revisit that. Way old news. But, yeah. You know, it just has become this thing where I absolutely just fucking hate it. I'm going to just say it. I hate it. Like, we, you know, I don't want to say, like, I'm too old to text. Like, I'm not aging out of it. And I think, honestly, it's more of a combination of my work schedule, working 50-plus-ish hours a week, doing this podcast, which takes amount of time, recording, descriptions, blah, 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 none of the shit you guys care about. But it takes a little bit more time than you probably think to put out even one episode. Um, <coughs> then I have my writing shit, which takes up all my free time. Then I got to cook and eat. Then I got to sleep. And that's basically my week. Like, I don't even have time to really go out to dinner based off my work schedule, right? To go out to a place and eat. I literally have to request time off of work to make shit happen. And that's fine with me. Like, I'm okay with that. But if I don't have time to even do something like that, what makes you think I'm going to, like, what do you think... I think that has really contributed. It's really the situation in my life the past like four or five months in general. I've been so busy and I've been dedicated. I've been in my work, work on my passion, doing this as well. And just having my job to make fucking money. And it really opens your eyes to like, and I hate to be that guy. Like, I really feel like I'm at the perfect age where all this shit really starts hitting you. It's like you really actually start thinking about what is my time 
being used for. And you break it down and you're not necessarily saying every minute a day has got to be prosperous and every there's no such thing as a waste of minute. But I'm not going to waste considerable amount of minutes on things that are just kind of getting in the way of what I'm already doing, which is more than enough. Like, I'm not going to go out of my way to check on people that haven't checked on me or only check on me when they're bored. Like, what does that say when you only hit up people when you're bored? What does that say? That That just says to me in general that you're just trying to fill in the time. It's not that I'm... It's not that I'm a quote-unquote priority in a sense, because I don't think I should be a priority to anyone, you know, uh, at this stage with anyone. But if I don't make time to reach out to certain people and stuff, then I'm an issue, right? Then I'm a problem. When I used to be exactly that, I used to do nothing but reach out, do nothing but initiate conversations with, honestly, a lot of the same people. I used to always be over the top, always be, always be so afraid of emptiness and discussion and so afraid that if someone wasn't talking to me because there was a lot of neediness in the boy. Your boy was a needy boy, okay? Um, and ironically, from a friendship or girlfriends in some situations, it was really a turnoff. And the weirdest part is that's not even who I even knew at the time. This isn't really what I like. Like, I don't like to have to do this, but I feel like, you know, maybe there's something you always think like, maybe there's something I don't understand about this shit. Like, you always try to get benefit out. Like, you know what? Maybe there's stuff I don't, maybe this is part of being more considerate. And all this shit. And even doing things that you may not want to do. Because it's about a bigger picture with someone. And then as you get older you realize. No. It was actually just that. My instincts were right. This isn't. I I, I don't feel I should have to do this. When it's not warranted. Like. When I'm not even receiving what is expected of the output of what I'm giving. Like, if I'm putting all this time in, I'm expecting a little bit more in return. But I feel like texting creates that barrier where it's okay to be bland and you can justify the blandness. Because you think, like, maybe I'm not that interesting. Maybe I'm not this. And that could be true. But I think texting sets up the barrier where someone doesn't have to make time for you but they can still say they made time for you. And I think that's the biggest thing. Where in person, if someone really doesn't want to make time for you, they're just probably not because they actually have to make time for you. If someone actually makes time for you because they want to, chances are when you meet up, they're going to be engaged because then they just made a waste of time for themselves and they'll actually feel the waste of time. 
And that's why when someone's, you know, when I hear people say, oh, this person did nothing but waste my time for months. It's like, in texting? It's like, it's like, no, like, if it was texting, like, you know, there was no real commitment anyways. Like, texting creates a barrier where you don't really have to, um... Texting creates a barrier where you don't actually have to be interesting. Everything's so over the top. Like, if you really want to know if someone's quick-witted, yeah, people can plan too much shit out in texting. They can have a game plan. And you could kind of have a game plan in person. But if you throw someone for a loop in person, you see how they operate in real time. You see how someone really is under pressure. In a sense, not that you're trying to make your date or your, you know, conversation pressure wise, but it does bring out, you know, like J. Cole applying pressure. It does apply some pressure. And when people apply pressure, um, you get more of who they are out uh, for better or worse. But with texting, you can be a lot of things you're not. You can. Some people feel so comfortable just waiting and thinking and thinking of what they're going to say next and what they're going to do next they can lie a lot easier and they can be more disingenuous about their time like if you truly want to know if someone actually wants to be around you or if someone actually enjoys talking to you invite them to go somewhere And be like, you know what? Let's go hang out and talk at X location. Nothing crazy. Just a simple location. If they want to go there and talk with you, step one, they probably are. And if they're engaged, there's your answer. But through a phone and social media... The weirdest part is that you don't have to be engaged at all. Like, really think about that. You really don't. You could text with someone for 10 hours and literally didn't feel like you talked to someone. Like, you literally just texting words. Like, I was thinking about the communication aspect of texting. And, uh, wow, this became the text and pod. Um, Think about the way communication is. Is literally, is the equivalent of just passing notes to each other. If you were, if you were sitting in a room and someone was in the next room. And every time you wanted to say something, you wrote it down on a little uh, note. Like a little fucking easy notepad, right? And let's say each page was a single text. You would talk different, right? Because ah, there's a lot of trips. Walking here, walking there. Uh, put it under their door. They pick it up, go under my door. You know what you probably do? Hey, just unlock the door and talk to me, baby. Why are you mad? I don't want to go to bed mad at you. Uh, Jesus. 
But I, but I'll admit, the best feeling of texting is like when you first start talking with someone, and you get the morning the morning text. One of you wakes up before the other. They send you good morning, thinking of you type of text. Oh, those are the best. When you get the good morning, thinking of you. Just like when you've been together like two months where it's enough where you built, where you have built the love. But you haven't been together long enough where it's like, yeah, fuck you. I'm not saying it's like, yeah, look, I'll, I'll send you a good morning when it's convenient. All right, whatever. Um, <laughs> I promise you, I'm not an asswipe for this. Okay. Um, <laughs> oh, no wonder why it's never worked out. Um, but uh, the, there's a uh, fascination to me where it, it's really hard to translate in simple text messages if someone is actually... Wanting to know what I'm doing. Like, what What do you mean, what you're doing? W-Y-D. Like, what are you doing? Technically, I'm reading your text message. That's what I'm doing. I'm going to start doing it. What are you doing? Reading your text message? Asking me what I'm doing? That, that's what I'm going to start doing from now on. First of all, if you text someone first and you initiate a text message with someone that day or that week or someone you haven't talked to in a while, why just send hey? Because you know what they're going to say? Hey. Then what are you going to say next? How you been? Or what you doing? When I know... You're just trying to get past the little back and forth for 15 minutes before you actually say why you're really texting me. Or the worst part is when they're like, I was just checking up on you. It's like, you could have just not. Um, but texting creates that barrier where it doesn't actually have to make someone uncomfortable asking something that they wouldn't typically ask which i guess any way of get of asking a question that you would be uncomfortable asking like with your voice i can understand that and it being asked is good whether it's in a text form or voice form fine like as long as you get what you need to get out of something of what's on your mind fine but I just feel like it's um I, I I and I think I noticed this and I'm saying this because I think I notice a lot with people my age range. I think we're all like kind of starting to get on the same page where we saw how we were four or five years ago and the way we interacted with each other and now it's completely different. And we all are kind of cool with that. But also, there's still that percentage of like, man, I miss when it used to be all day, every day. It's like, yeah, I got shit to do. And I had shit to do then. But I had 
a little more time where I didn't have shit to do, but now I really don't have time because I got shit to do. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, it's just this, uh, I guess it's just kind of this conundrum where it's become, it's taken over even more than ever with younger people. And I don't, I'm not a person, like, I'm not a believer that you can't have regrets. I'm also not a believer that you've got to dwell on yours either. But one thing I will say, I do feel like, looking back, out of everything, I do feel like I wasted a lot of time texting just because I felt that I needed to text the keep something going, you know, and on my part, I guess like overcompensating in the sense of, oh, because I would feel like if I wasn't texting, like they would feel I wasn't interested. Like, you know, when you're in the fascination stage, and even when you're not like sometimes like doing too much is just that is doing too much. And it's one of the biggest Aspects that I want from a partner going forward and is just understanding that it doesn't have to be that just because I'm not texting you every day or just because I'm not conversating with you about whatever all the time. But when I do conversate, when I do reach out to you or you reach out to me, just know that. It will be good. Like you will get a better version of. I I would rather someone who's engaged. With what we're doing. And talking. Even if it's less less often. Than just being there. Just to be there. When it's like. "Eh, You know. Kind of got this to do. But if I don't feel this obligation. Then it sets a precedent that. Oh, you're not really there for me. And it's like, uh, maybe, um, I'm here for something and it's definitely not for me right now. Um, (laughs) no, but, and I think, you know, it's like my belief on when you get in a committed long Relation, not long distance, a long term, whether equals marriage and all that shit, is that you got to understand that you got to be open to the fact that the way you love each other will change over time. What you need when you're when you're married at 29 is probably going to be different when you're 38 and have two kids by then. It's going to be different when you're 46 and, you know you know, fucking whatever, like, what, your interests, your age, like, shit changes, like, you gotta, you gotta be understand that things like that, what your partner needs from you will change over time, and what you may need from your partner will change over time, and I think that's just part of the thing, and I think it is the thing with, like, when you're um, reconnecting with the ex, whether it's ex-boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever your thing is. I do think one of the things you've got to learn to 
not become so nostalgic about how things were, but kind of, um, but kind of looking and not judging of how people operate and not making assumptions that they're still the same. And to just, uh, this, this sucks. <laughs> I've literally talked about 40 minutes about fucking texting. No one wants to hear anything about texting. But you know what? Fuck it. Might as well round it up. Woody's round up. But gotta love the text when there's a buzz on your phone light years away. Okay, Clint. But yeah, booty and the hoe fish. Okay. No, but I I've just learned to ease up. Like I also think look, I'll I'll just be open for a second. I've been reconnecting with some people. And it's weird how when you enter different you know, I've always found this. I'm not gonna get too descriptive. I do find it interesting that when I've kind of changed in my communication process, or lack thereof, I should say, and when my life is kind of different, when I've, quote-unquote, as the ladies say, leveled up. Ah, Jesus. I hate that fucking term. It's simply, like, gold diggers and people and women that are into fucking, you know, seven-year-old guys who are hedge funds in Cancun on Nugenics. Um... It's like, ooh, I leveled up. It's like, yeah, and uh, and the pedophilia range because you met him when you were fifteen. But it's cool. Who cares? Um, <laughs> it's like, yeah, you leveled up because you went from being a sophomore in high school to being with a guy who was also a sophomore in high school. Sorry, he didn't have a Thunderbird. All right. Say guy that's had 50 plus years after being a sophomore in high school to accumulate everything that you're like, wow, what a guy. Uh, but yeah, just protecting all the guys of age and sophomores in high school. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you're welcome. Um, it's a, but yeah. I'll say I've been reconnecting with people and I find it interesting that it seems like a pat it seems like how come around all the same time all these people from my past who I haven't really had a connection with, a strong one at least, nothing but very blips in the radar of communication, just kinda like stuff I mentioned before, like, hey, what you how you been, you know, whatever. And it's like now they want to be a lot more engaging, conversationalist. Because I kind of stopped being that. I don't know. And I'm not trying to be a dick or ass about it. Well, dick in the ass, you know. Now, for me, slow down. I just want to get to know you. Um... But I don't know what to make of it, to be honest. Like, I'm legitimately at a conundrum because it's not just one, two, or three people. 
it's a decent amount, and it's all been very recently. And I don't know if this podcast has a factor to do with it. I don't know if it's the fact that there's a potential that my job is going to pay me really well, and it could be a really cool job if I'm able to fulfill that passion. I don't know if it's the fact that there's a change in who I am. I'm more driven. I've always been driven, but I've actually settled in, and I feel like I've found my niche I found my thing that fits me, and I think I'm also just more comfortable with myself. You know, I've always been pretty comfortable with myself, but not necessarily where uh, another person feels like I'm being comfortable with myself, you know? Um, I feel like I'm a lot more relaxed also. I also feel that because I genuinely... And it's not a thing where I'm trying to do this to protect myself from being... It's like, I legitimately, like, am not the type of guy to just reach out to people just to reach out more times than not. And I think it drives people crazy. Because when they hit me, I'm like, hey, what's up? How's it been? And they're like, well, how can you never hit me up? And it's like... I just haven't. I assume, I, I guess my way of saying is like, I assume if someone's not hitting me up with something, I assume they're good. I assume they don't need my how you've been. Because you know what? They probably got plenty of other people to say how you've been. The only how you've been I want to know is uh, how you've been thinking of me, baby. Nah, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Kind of. Um, <laughs> no, but it's a... Uh, I wonder if there's like a weird aura in the air that like, maybe there's a stench of, ooh, Clint's a different guy. Let me try to capitalize. No, not capitalize, but you know, because it's not just one, two, or three, and it's not just girls. It's not just past flings. It's all of them. (laughs) No, no, but... It's multitude of people of different capacities as well. And I think there's something to when people see that you're not really interested in putting yourself out there to try to prove people wrong, right? Because it can be easy to always feel like, oh, yeah, I'm going to prove you wrong for leaving me. It's like, nah, you should have. I would have left me. I would have left me and fucked anyone else like I get it but I think when you're not out here trying to showboat people and the thing that social media kind of creates is people kind of post what they're up to date with and when people don't even know what you're really doing unless you tell them like if you ask me like yeah this is what I've been doing I'll just be open about Writing, podcasting, work, you know, that's my life. And it's like, it's like even when people aren't like that tight wound in your life for a period of time, it's like they still want to kind of know. And what is that about? Like, what's with our fascination to always want to know? Maybe I don't want to know. I like to know, I like to know, 
What makes you cry when you don't text me? Um, <laughs> and I do think there's something to that. It's kind of like the, it's kind of like someone, you know, not this specific situations, but it's kind of like when someone wants you. It, it It's more like someone doesn't want you until someone else wants you. You know, like when you're completely available, like eh, if you're going to waste your time, waste your time with me. I'm here. I'm this. I'm that. I wouldn't say no if you wanted to go to Old Charlie's and dip your chicken tender in my mustard. But no. It's the second you start seeing someone and you're just like, you know what? Fine. People move on is what it is. And then people like more into your DMs. People are more interested in you, right? It's like, hmm, okay. And stuff like that, like, it sits weird with me. It's like, what about it now where people, like, because I went through, like, almost a year without really having in-depth conversations with anyone outside of my one or two, like, close friends in my life that I conversate with in person when I see them. I kind of... Got rid of texting. I kind of got rid of outside of bare minimum shit. And what is it? Is it sometimes that less being being seen less makes people actually a lot more curious about you without even trying? Because I'm not a try hard. I'm not a guy that, ooh, look at my accomplishments. Look what I did today. No one gives a fuck. Even though I tell people on this podcast, I guess someone gives a fuck. But it's just a uh, uh, this is a long drawn out bullshit pod. But yeah, and I guess what all this has really shown me, really over the past almost a year of not really being engaged in texting and virtual communication. That I have valued in-person communication more than anything. I've become a better in-person communicator by default. And this podcast, I believe, has made me a better uh, conversationalist in my real life. Ironically. Typically, you practice in-person conversation in real life to get better at this. But I kind of started doing this first. And then I became better in-person Because when you talk to yourself for an hour on a screen and you actually have to give a fuck of what you put out there, you actually start thinking like, hey, I don't want to sound like a complete fucking idiot. Got to be entertaining and engagement for the listeners out here. Um, So I think it's weird things like that. Where, you know, and... I don't know, there's just a weird, I guess there's like a weird instinctual feeling that I know doesn't feel right, doesn't sit right. And I'm only saying this from a first person, like me, 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 because I honestly feel like everyone has had to deal with this at different levels, with different 
types of relationships of people in their lives, of friendships, and things of that nature. Where it's like, now you want to? It's like, why now? It's random. It's random, but it's not just random. It's all happening at the same time. So either you are all battleshipping and just aligning the take-me-down. They're about Deshaun Watson me all at the same time with these lawsuits. Or I am a more uh, easygoing person maybe. And maybe there's something that sense. There's like an aura. There's a big dick energy besides two-thirds of that equation. You figure out which two-thirds I'm talking about. Um <laughs> But no, maybe there is a uh, a slightly different gravitas for me because I am a very different person from a year ago for a lot of different reasons. Some personal, some not so personal. Some just because life is just kind of different. Some humbling. Some I've actually filmed those humbling experiences have actually, actually have made me a... Uh, more uh, introspective person. And it's honestly confirmed a lot of things. Like, yep, you know what? Money does make life a little bit easier. Never take money for granted. And some I did. You know? But all you can do is move forward with it, right? But it never stressed me out because I know I have the ability and I'm starting to get there. I know I have the ability to recoup all the money that I had before. And shit like that happens, right? But it's like I look at the way like some things and some aspects of my life where I'll be like, yeah, I'm an attractive commodity on the market. There's some things when you learn like, yeah, this guy, I don't know. And that's the thing. I don't know. I don't know. You know, I I guess the main thing I was trying to get is like, why do people want to be a part of my life now? And that's something I've asked personally. And like, you know what? Sometimes maybe people are just ready to like, hey, I really want to have you in my life in a real capacity. I don't know what that means necessarily. But, you know, I'm I'm ready. I'm ready, Clint. Take me off my feet. Cinderella man. I'm a Cinderella man. Um, And things like that. I don't want to be cynical. I don't want to be an asswipe. But I also don't want to be blind to what my instincts are telling me. And that's... These bitches are crazy. No, I'm kidding. Because it's not just women. Um, I'm a switch hitter. No, I'm kidding. I can't play with the left. Even though someone said my left arm is bigger. Uh, I can tell you, it's not as coordinated or as fluid. And it certainly doesn't get a whole lot of fluids on it. Okay, Clint. That got disgusting. Um, no one listens at this point anyway. I could literally say the most heinous shit, but I will leave it this pod on a you know an appropriate note. Here's what I'll conclude about Texan. 
I would just say phase it out like alcohol. If you're struggling with alcohol out there, shout out. Um, you got to phase it out slowly. But once you do, you'll realize how much you don't need it. And you'll realize you don't need it to be interesting or fun. And that you could replace alcohol with the actual better version. Sex. Replace alcohol with sex. Replace texting with in-person. In-person is sex. Texting is alcohol. Because alcohol can make you feel something that no one has to be there for. Sex, someone kind of has to be there. In-person conversations, someone has to be there. I feel like I talk about sex way too much. And it's not even about like, actual sex, but it's just like the funniness of it. Um, yeah. I don't know. Uh, I, I guess the main thing is texting sucks. That's my takeaway. I realize the less and less, like, the less I even, like, even want it. Like, I almost get annoyed the fact that I even, like, want to send a text. Like, oh, yeah, fuck this. Uh, but, yeah. Um, yeah. You gotta be mindful of a lot of this shit. Alright. Yeah. Okay. We'll wrap it up there. Um. That was episode 134 of the Off and Be podcast. Follow the podcast on all apps. Suck some titties. And uh, just uh, stay safe out here. Yeah. Don't, uh, don't send your nudes in group chats with 40 guys. And play victim. Just a thought. Um, yeah. All right. Have a great day. Nah.